Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Welcome along to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, the iPhone 15 has a USB-C port, but is that enough to warrant an upgrade? Ten years after going bust, we'll look back at the legacy of Bebo, and I'll give you another chance to win a 55-inch TV from Telefunken. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Instagram at jesskellynt. Uh, But we're going to start this week with Apple because on Tuesday at 6pm, the company unveiled the iPhone 15 alongside the Watch Series 9. Kira O'Brien of the Irish Times joins me now. Uh, Kira, will you just start by running us through what exactly they unveiled? So we got the usual of what we were expecting, which was the iPhone 15. We got an updated watch and an updated watch ultra and some extra stuff about iCloud plus plans, which went down very well. But probably the average person is more interested in the phones. And, look, you know, what we're looking at now is kind of very iterative phones. You know, they're not doing any major jumps like they would have done before. You would have got like this super duper camera, whatever on it. The, the technology is so good these days that it's very hard to kind of to have that kind of splashy new feature that they would have had, you know, maybe six, seven, eight years ago. Uh, so what we did, what got was, I suppose for most people, the Pro Max is the big difference because they've increased, the, they put a, a super zoom camera on that, well, for the iPhone anyway, a super zoom camera. So it's instead of just getting a three times zoom camera, now you get a five times zoom camera, which doesn't sound like much when you put it down in raw figures, but when you see it in person, there is actually a very big difference. Uh, It means you can get closer to things. And there's basically, if you have the Pro Max now, there's basically seven lenses in one camera because of a few changes that they've made. So you do get a significantly better camera. Um, How many people are going to want to pay out for that now is another question. Uh, But we did get a price cut for mm-hmm. all the phones and the watches. So between 50 euro and 100 euro, depending on the device. Uh, and people might be saying, oh, but the, 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 the price for the, the, the Pro Max is the same. It is, but it's not. The price for the entry level Pro Max, the lowest storage you can get is the same, but they've changed it from a 128 to a 256. So you're actually getting more storage for the same amount you would have paid last year for less. So that's good news. Um, usually we get the other way. And if you think about last year, there was a price hike for, for European users last year, mainly because of uh, the exchange rates, and that's fallen back a bit. So we finally feel a bit of the benefit from that. So um, so a lot of the changes, as I said, a lot of people will see as incremental. Uh, but that the days of, of you know upgrading your phone every year, or even every two years is gone now. Like Most people sign up now to a two-year contract minimum. You don't have to upgrade your phone to get, you know, the best battery or the best camera because the one that you have, it'll probably do you three, four years. And that's what some of the analysts I was talking to said, you know, they've, they've seen the replacement cycle lengthen to more than three years, four years in some cases. Mm. Um, they changed on the Pro Max, they on the Pro version, they've changed uh, that little slider you had on the side that would you'd use basically just as a mute button. And very few people actually used it. They they. Flicked it once maybe, and then that would be the end of it. Uh, they've changed that now to an action button, which, you know, again, doesn't seem like much, but you can actually customize it to pretty much anything on your phone. So I would use a recorder most often, so I can change that action button to be a one push for recording, uh, which is, is great. And using Siri shortcuts, you can actually pretty much map it to anything that you want. So anything that you want your phone to do, you can assign a shortcut to it and then put it onto that button so that you can just do all of these things with the press of a single button. 
Mm. And they also changed the design a bit as well. So the actual the iPhone Pro and the Pro Max are actually a fraction, like it is a fraction of an inch, a few millimeters smaller and and thinner and not quite as wide as the last lot because they changed the frame to a titanium frame, which instantly makes it a lot lighter. And again, like some people didn't like that. They thought, you know, it meant made it feel a bit less substantial, which they in their head equates to cheap. But it's actually quite it's, it's a significant difference when you have it in your hand. I mean, I was holding my my 14 Pro and the 15 Pro Max in my hand. And even though it's actually not lighter with the case and stuff on it, you know, it did feel that the the Pro Max, the 15 Pro Max was actually lighter than my existing phone, which was a bit of a weird experience. Mm. And we also have the USB-C connection, which is, you know, we all knew that was coming. That's not something that Apple has, has uh, kind of driven itself. It's something that's being forced into by the, the European Commission. So now there's no more, does anybody have an iPhone charger? It's, you know, it's USB-C across the board. There's slight differences between the USB-C you get on the Pro Max and the Pro and the ones you get on the 15 and the 15 Plus, because it's to do with the data transfer speeds. But you know, most people aren't really going to care about that. But we saw some pretty cool stuff like with the camera where you can basically use the, the Pro and the Pro Max uh, for, you know, basically t- taking shots and directly from the camera and sending them straight to a computer over this high-speed USB-C connection. And it was, you know, it was kind of, it was interesting. It was interesting to see how all of this is going to work. Yeah, I, I like I was saying during the week that the USB-C thing seems to be the most exciting change and of all the stuff you've just listed there would probably be the thing that would make me shimmy over to the iPhone 15 purely because it means I've got less clutter and junk in my house. Um, But I remember talking to you last year about the 14 and you did just exactly what you did there, a brilliant overview of the key features and all the rest. And yet you and I both said if you've got a 13, there's no real mad urgency to shimmy up to the 14. If you still have your 13, is there a massive difference in going from the 13 to the 15 or is your 13 still all right? Not, especially if you're on the Pro Max already or on the Pro, there's not a huge difference. Now, where you will see the differences with the 15, um, they've made it a 48 megapixel camera. It's a bit more versatile. I would say, look, if you're on a 12 or an 11, you know, maybe now is the time to upgrade, but I'd say 11 uh, or below, definitely, you know, you'd see a you'd see a huge difference. If you're on a 14 or a 13, you're not going to see as big a difference. Now, the 15 and the 15 plus, which are basically the, 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 the kind of the base models for the iPhone now, I mean, you do get the dynamic island on that as well. And that look, that was a really mocked feature when it was brought in. People were were putting all sorts of things in this I love dynamic it. island. But actually, I I I and everyone I've spoken to has said exactly the same thing. We mm. kind of looked at it at first and went, hmm, yeah, useful, not essential. But it's probably one of the things I use most on my phone. And now you have that on the 15 and the 15 plus. So if you're on kind of like a 13 or you're on a 12, I'd say. You know, it, if you can get a good deal on it, the 13, the urgency isn't there. The 14, definitely not. I mean, I can't see any reason really to upgrade. You know, I'd be holding off for another year. But then I don't think I don't think that Apple are really pushing people to do that upgrade. I mean, they've they've made a big deal about making the phones more repairable as well. So now it's actually if you've got the they did it last year with the the um the 14 but if you've got if you're buying the 15 um pro or pro max that's actually more repairable now because they've made some changes to how it works if you smash the black back glass on your phone 
you don't have to have the whole chassis replaced. So it's a much cheaper and much easier repair. And this is what I want to see from, you know, from companies. Make your stuff more repairable. Apple talked an awful lot about their uh, their their jump in and their 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 gains that they've made in kind of environmental side of things. So, you know, using recycled cobalt in batteries, using recycled aluminium and the the watch, the Apple Watch Series 9, I think is their first carbon neutral product depending on what strap you put on it. And that's they, they ditched all the leather from all their accessories as well. Now they're using kind of recycled materials in this new fine woven um, material that they're going to put on cases and wallets and all that stuff. So, you know, they have made a big deal about uh, their, their environmental credentials uh, and that's been generally well received. So I think, you know, to have that, but then also say to people, oh, we really want you to upgrade from last year's phone to this year. I don't think, you know, it, it it's not, I don't think that's where they're going with this. I think they're basically saying, look, if you, if you have a phone that's a few years old and you need an upgrade, great. This one will last you a few years as well because Apple has got really good support for its products past what you would expect. So most people, you know, if they're changing their phone after three years or four years, the phone will still get software updates. I mean, yeah. it's usually about six years, you know, before it finally just won't work just because the capabilities of the phones are restricted, you know, once we, we get to that point. But, you know, I don't think that if you do have last year's phone, you need to be upgrading to this year's phone. What people have said to me, though, is about the battery on the 14 and the 14 Pro. And I have noticed myself, I don't know if you've checked this now, if you go and check the battery health, my battery health is about 89 to 90%. Now, there's no way that that would have been, if, if I go back to my 13 Pro, that would be, at this stage, you know, a year later, I would have had 94, 95% yeah. battery health. So there is, and I do find that the 14 does heat up quite a bit. Now, in saying that, what I will say to you is, you know, I'm not sure whether it's down to software because obviously there's an awful lot more stuff on the 14 that will carry over to the 15. So I don't know, you know, in terms of battery life, if we're going to be talking about, it'd be interesting to come back next year and see what the battery health is like on the 15 Pro and Pro Max compared to the 14 Pro and Pro Max this year. But if it's software, that can be fixed. If it's a hardware thing, you know, and it's the battery itself is just, you know, needs to be changed. That's a much cheaper fix than buying a whole new phone. So if it's a case that people are, are, are considering upgrading their phones because of the battery and you've got a 14, I would say look at, you know, replacing the battery first before you go and spend 1489 euro on a Pro Max. Mm -hmm. Just because it's the latest phone, there's not enough compelling features there between the two to upgrade. No, totally. I, I'd love to know what you think. Look, if you are somebody who has been a loyal upgrader of iPhones over the years, is there enough of an impetus to move and to part with your cash to get one? You can email techtalk at newstalk.com. Uh, Kira O'Brien of the Irish Times, as always, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Uh, last week on the show, I had a 55-inch N19 TV from Telefunken to give away, and the winner was Olive Murphy from Nace in County Kildare. But guess what? I have another one to give away. Uh, it is, as I said, a 55-inch N19 TV, which has a frameless 4K UHD LED display. You can watch my full review of it over on the News Talk YouTube channel. But if you want one of your own, simply tell me what amazing TV show is this the iconic theme tune for? God, it's good, isn't it? Uh, text the word TV plus your name and answer to 53106 at a cost of 30 cent. The winner will be announced on next week's show. You can get more information on the TV on telefunkenelectronics.ie. Now, when we come back here on News Talk, 10 years on from going bust, what is Bebo's legacy? Tech Talk 
with Jess Kelly. Yeah, this is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Now, I mentioned it on last week's show in the context of the CyberSafe Kids research into cyberbullying. But we're going to have a full conversation about Bebo and I am very excited. Uh, it's 10 years since the company went bust, which is mad because it feels like a million years ago. But what is Bebo's legacy in the era of TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram and all the rest? Colum Boog is with me now. Um, Colum, it's mad because if you look at the timeline of Bebo, it was very, very successful for a very, 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 very short period of time. Yeah, the... Uh infancy of social media it was about a fifth year school for me and for you presumably yeah um it was very exciting at the time and i had quirks that other social media platforms didn't have and haven't had i would suggest i would agree yes do you know it was founded by a husband and wife team michael and zochi birch in january 2005 and bebo is a backronym what's a backronym you say Go on. So when people used to ask them, what does Bebo stand for? And they would say, blog early, blog often. Which is horrific. As yeah, it's a terrible. So thank God slogan. it didn't actually mean anything. It was just a noise. But were you on um, MySpace? No, I was never on MySpace. But I always laughed at that joke in um, Superbad. Uh, who's the friend? Is it Danny McBride or someone? But he's like, you guys on MySpace? Or? And I always thought that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard because I was aware of it, but I never had it. I had it. Because it was trendy and cool and you'd have to spend ages deciding on like what music you'd have pinned on your profile and all that kind of stuff. Uh. But I like one of my clearest memories of secondary school is being on MSN Messenger and having rows with people oh, yeah. over who's going to be in your top 16 on Bebo. Oh, it was ruthless industry, wasn't it? It wasn't for the faint hearted, you know, and that was a critical time of our lives, you know, adolescence <laughs> into adulthood. <laughs> And it would it would make something of you, you know. And just, you know, as you well know, I always do my research. Always. And before we started recording this slot, I was uh, messaging peers of mine and uh, our age people um, from the time when Bebo was prevalent and prominent in our lives. All that brief period, as you suggested at the start. And I was saying, well, what do you remember from Bebo? And the amount of answers I'm getting, it just warms the heart of nostalgia. Like what? Come on. So there was your likes and dislikes. Do you remember that? You could have a paragraph on what you liked doing or what you disliked doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, the biggest thing for anyone listening right now who is of that vintage is probably screaming down the radio, the top 16. Yes, that was the big one. That was huge. And and it was so political. So political. It was yeah. like, that's what someone said to me and they messaged me today was like the political mind games of the top 16. Do you know, you would be 16 years old and it would be your first foray into politics without even realising. Yeah, it was a great way to be passive aggressive with people. And it was 1 to 16 in every sense of the word, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Like, if you annoyed me, you'd be downgraded <laughs> from 3 to 8. <laughs> and I wouldn't say anything about it, but you'd know. You would three absolutely know. But always, number 16 was always almost a compliment to that person because they're last. So it was like, oh, I didn't realise I meant that much to you. 16th was almost just as effective as first for some reason. I don't know. I I wish I, I could remember. I, like, I always had the same sort of top five. Yeah. But you would alternate the top five to keep everybody on their toes. And it was great. Was, so top left was number one, wasn't it? There was yeah. no actual numbering. No, no, no. Yeah. It was just placement. It was four rows of four. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you could send love. Yeah, the little heart thing. The little yeah. heart thing, which was, there was a limit on it, except for Valentine's Day, where there was limitless love. Which is my birthday as well, just FYI. Oh, look, there you forward. go. Yeah. So that was a huge time for you. It was a, it was a huge time for me. And I thought one of the best parts of it, one of the loveliest features was that you could pin a video on your profile. What was your video? I used to change it all the time. 
but it was mostly like a song that I found like really like resonated with me or like defined me. Go on, like what? Like I can't what? remember. There was loads of songs at the time. Um, it was probably whatever was out then. Yeah. I'm thinking 2007 in my life. Remember when Timbaland was big? Yeah. Is it going? Is it going? I wasn't really going, into Timbaland. Probably that one. Or then something kind of cool from the 70s. Yeah. No, you'd be totally posery in your video yeah, selection, yeah. yeah. My God, like, this guy's uh, musical taste, wow. Yeah. What else did I have? I'd love to be able to, can, you, can one access their profile? No, so this is the big thing, is that they've gone through such a turbulent time mm -hmm. because they were the place to be if you were our age, particularly in the UK and Ireland. It wasn't as big elsewhere. And then it was bought by AOL for or $850 million, which is bananas. Mm. And then it was sold again. They went bankrupt. And the original founder, Michael Birch, you mentioned, bought it back for a million dollars. And he said, and he's tried to bring it back a number of times. Do you remember in 2021 that it was like making a comeback and mm -hmm. it was going to be amazing? Mm -hmm. But one of the stipulations would be that you wouldn't be able to access your archive material. Yes. So there was a time that. where you could go on and download it. Now, I don't know why you would want to. Oh, it's an amazing trip down memory lane. No. Like it's I, a first class ticket. Do you look at your Facebook memories every day? Well, they show me. Yeah, when you click through, I spend a good 20 minutes every day just deleting stuff because some of the stuff I used to put up was pure shite and it was embarrassing and I don't know why I would ever, ever, ever... Like, in the early days of Facebook, you'd have to talk about yourself in the third person or at least I talked about myself in the third person. And... Uh, but, like, it's just so embarrassing and I just... I would hate to now look back on my old Bebo stuff. But anyway, the upshot is... Your man tried to bring Bebo back. It was in a beta version and you had to sign up as often happens it, with these different services and uh, it just died a death. So it's gone. Yeah, I do remember it dying a death in this comeback but it's so hard to to reboot anything. You can make, you can generally make money off a reboot. I'm thinking of like blockbuster films that eventually have a part two and part three yeah. but they're never like artistically as good as the original and Bebo was very much of its time. It was like such a But you a see, I don't think so because... Really? No, but if oh, you look at where... Beautiful. But where things were in 2021 when it was going to make a comeback, Facebook was on the decline for people our age and younger. Yeah. Uh, Twitter was just a dumpster fire. Instagram, I still love and that's my favourite of all of them. But there was an opportunity there for Bebo to come back because people would have that growth and the nostalgia and getting back to it. There was also... Like in some of the quotes that I read from your man, Michael Birch, he had this vision of it being almost the anti-Facebook and there wouldn't be, it wouldn't be as ad driven and there wouldn't be that sort of political slant that Facebook has gone down. So there was an opportunity there, but there was never really any clarity that I could see anyway as to why it didn't come back. Yeah, but I think you're like, for me there, that's a description of escapism from you know, registered and defined social media platforms. That mm. That's all that people was ever going to be like when it, when it tried to come back. Because I think now the standard bearer would be something like you mentioned, like Instagram or TikTok, where it like people expect quality video production or something that's very relevant to their lives or anything. You, you see comedians no, making it see, huge on social media. Yeah, but there's Where does Bebo fit into that? No, no, there, there is absolutely a space to have a platform where you just engage with people that Reddit. you actually know. No, no, Reddit is... No, Reddit is like a dark and twisty place that I do not venture into unless 
you're looking for some goss or some scandal. But I think there is an opportunity for a social media platform that back to what Bebo was when you just had people that you actually knew that you're actually friends with and mm. you actually updated. Like I love the uh, close friend circle thing on Instagram. Oh yeah, I do like the green circle. Because you're you can, privileged. Yeah, when but, you see it. Well, yeah, and you're welcome for being part of it. And same if I ever did. Yeah, you don't post do the green though. circle. Um, but I like that because it means that you have a space on the internet that is just for people that you actually want to engage with. Yeah. It's like having a giant WhatsApp group with all of your friends and family where you can share things that you actually want them to see. And I think that's what people could have been because Facebook now, like if I open my Facebook now. The majority of the stuff that I scroll by, if I do three scrolls, it's all junk and it's ads and it's news articles. And you, so hang on, that's three, four, five. Okay, five scrolls and I've gotten to a post by Paul Quinn from Virgin Media News doing another post about Garth Brooks. But uh, like that's what I mean. It's, it's very difficult to find a space on the internet where you can engage and connect with people that you actually know and love. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I just typed my name and Bebo profile in and sure nothing's coming up. Like, it's very sad, which makes me want it even more. But I really would stand by my feeling that Bebo was perfect for its time because you did have the MSN vibe to it where it was just friends sharing stories or it was all frivolous stuff but it was great escapism and entertainment and then you had something that was kind of a bit modern in the fact that you could pin a video to a profile which was a really cool feature yeah. at the time it wasn't a done thing Yeah, like this was the transition from having a mobile phone to a smartphone yeah. and you know the very basic days of it so like any anything at all where it was kind of multimedia focused was groundbreaking like so mm-hmm. Bebo was the place to be and then very quickly became antiquated in the modern age because of Facebook because Facebook had the cool dimensions of Bebo but it was such a better user experience because wasn't it much easier initially to interact on Facebook than on Bebo. Yeah, so I think Facebook learned a lot from the Bebo interface and the experiences and the types of people who used it but they continued to innovate and that was the difference. Bebo kind of stayed static, even though it did have things like the videos and all the rest. It didn't develop a whole lot beyond where it was. And so at its peak in 2008, when it was bought for the 850 million, like they, they just didn't inject enough into it to make it stand out from the likes of Facebook. And Facebook did go from strength to strength ridiculously quickly. Mm. Um, and... Like, it's kind of sad. I do, I firmly believe that there is a space for Bebo in 2023. I don't think so. I, I I just remembered fondly in the past. Someone's written in here, one of the best features, one of the best things about Go Bebo on. was rushing home to log in. That's so true. That is cute. You would just yeah. assume that it would be on your phone. But of course not. No. You had to run home. Yeah. And log in. On the family computer. And you could paint your profile. You could design it. You can oh, have a yeah. nice background. You can I do what you that, want yeah. with it, yeah. yeah. So it would actually encourage a bit of creativity and innovation among young people. And everybody was on it. Yeah. So you could, remind me now, you could write on your own wall, obviously. You yeah. could create quizzes. I remember creating quizzes underneath. So you have your main profile and then you continue scrolling underneath the video and you could have quizzes and other things down there. I can't remember what else you could have down there, but the further you scroll, the more kind of miscellaneous stuff you could have, right? But you couldn't, I couldn't comment on your profile, could I? I can't remember that I can't part. remember. I could visit your profile. I'd say you have to be able to. No, you could write on people's walls. No, that's Facebook language. No, walls was Bebo, wasn't it? No. 
Oh, I'd love to know this now. Okay, email techtalk at newstalk.com if you know, because clearly both of us haven't done enough research. Go Someone on. else has written in another great part. Um, uploading your photos from your digital camera the night before. Yeah. Yeah. Which was also early days Facebook. But do honest. you remember like how arduous it was to do things? Like we had the family computer and I remember so clearly my little digital camera yeah. taking the things off the SD card, dragging them over <laughs> and then uploading them. And the same with music as well. Spending hours burning CDs oh, to yeah. put onto your iPod or your Creative Zen. I had a little business there. in fourth year in school with that. I, I My thing was like I could, I can put like your top 10 songs ever onto a CD. It was like mind blowing for, for, for about it? two weeks. Yeah, it was a little business like in school and then everyone caught on to how easy it was to do. Yeah, it was but for two simple. weeks like but it was very two weeks I was Zuckerberg. Like t- I remember sitting there watching like CDs being pulled into the iTunes thing before they had the iTunes store and you'd watch the little bar go blue like bit by bit by bit by bit and yeah. you have to wait for every single song. Yeah. Painful. Someone else has written in here having your hometown is straight out of Compton even though you're from Dalkey. <laughs> There are still people who do stuff like that on Twitter or X. Having the Playboy symbol on your profile was very cool. Yeah, a lot of the, the girls funded that, yeah. It's very cool. And some of the lads as well, because they were little players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that suggests what you were, little yeah. players. And love was spelled L-U-V. Oh. Yeah, that love was specifically that. But everyone here is coming back with Top 16. Top 16 was the thing. Imagine you brought that back now. But you see, I'm at the age now where I just don't care. Do you have do you even have 16? <laughs> that, that's one. Wow. That's one. That's one. Well, I think as oh. you get older, you probably don't, but go on. Yeah. Automatically playing the script when clicking on a page. Oh, yeah, that's true. What? Yeah, I think eventually, uh, that, uh, someone's written this in, but I have a recollection that if you went on someone's profile, yeah. they would immediately start playing the audio of whatever media they had on that page. Oh God. The, the page would come, come to life but I think that was a later feature because it, again, you mentioned at the very start, it's life was very short lived, wasn't it? Yeah, so. It, it, as quickly as it came in, it went, it really ended very fast. Like, oh, it, it wasn't a, a graduate exit. No. I remember, because I, I did my J1 in New York summer 2009 and it was definitely gone by then but Facebook, I remember creating a Facebook profile then just before I flew out to New York. Okay. And I think I was fairly late doing that. Like that, So that was summer 09. Yeah. And then I still remember going to the local library in New York to log into Facebook. And then back then you would actually write on people's pages like, hey, you going out tonight? And the yeah. world could see it. Yeah. That's what comes up on my memories all the time is like interactions with people I haven't spoken to in like 10 years. When's the last time you posted on Facebook? I, I'd sometimes share stuff from Ah uh, yeah but that's a, a quick copy and paste and here's what I've done but like an actual personal post Very rarely Well you still would I, I, I can't think off the top of my little head No I'd much I'd sooner go to Instagram mm. Instagram is my personal pref I hope this is of interest to people because it really like when we said it to each other we're like oh my god Bebo and judging by even my own Whatsapps here mm. coming in it was like for a particular moment in time it was everything to people yeah, but I, I would love to hear if you think it should be brought back and is there a space for it? Because I know I'd easily give up Twitter slash X in the morning and I would probably ditch Facebook for a platform where I could have like a little corner of the internet with just my actual friends and my actual family. Yeah, 
then that's fair. I, but is that also our age and what we, you know, that we're done with all that nonsense? Are we too middle-aged now? No, we're not middle-aged. If, we are. If you died, it would be a tragedy. No, we're both 34. If you died, older, if you so. died, your um, age would be in the headline. It'd be in brackets. Because, you know, part of the headline would be like, oh my God, she was so young. How can you be middle-aged? So, what, like, so 70 I'm is the end sure. of life. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, isn't... No, I would say middle-aged is mid-40s and are 50. That's classic middle age. Hang on, I'm asking, I'm asking. Oh, we're, oh, oh no, we're still early adulthood. We are. Just about. You're nearly into early middle age. I'm saying you're like, there's like two months between us. Yeah, but you're older. Uh, so early adulthood is 22 to 34. And then early middle age where you're heading is 35 to 44. Where you're heading too. Yeah, next Valentine's Day, folks, remember that. Book remember it to in. remind her. Book it in, kids. On our show. Um. Okay, so... But if you had to ditch, so say yeah. if Bebo's come coming back yeah. to make me happy, yeah. which platform would you ditch? Well, I, I don't think I'd miss Facebook. That's the easiest answer for you. So my habits would be, uh, it's interesting you said about Twitter slash X. I, I still can rely on that as a news platform, a news aggregator, really. I'm using it less and less like that now. Oh, really? You know, it, it's very, very handy for sport. Like, so, so useful uh, because I just follow a lot of sports journalists. Yeah. So they're, they, they take it seriously. So, like... Especially this past week, there's been loads of news in Irish football, for example, it's just one. Or like there's always rolling news about injuries at the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. And I look, I get a push notification from a, a publisher. But at the same time, you just go on to your, to your feed on Twitter and inevitably one of the many journalists you follow will have posted something relevant. And then yeah. you can see how long ago it was posted and then it's really relevant. So very, I find Twitter very useful among all the muck. And then... Yeah, I'd agree about Instagram. There's probably one too many ads on Instagram, although I got heavily influenced by one ad because I bought a jumper based on this ad that was constantly in my algorithm. This little jumper you were wearing the other day? The Fuji one. Yeah, I like Oh my God, jumper. the comments, like. Couldn't move for comments around the office. Oh, you're so... <laughs> you know I, mean? I actually can't cope with you sometimes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Couldn't. I was like, what's that? It was more intrigue, really, but it looked like a VHS tape for people who are wondering. It was a Fuji jumper. And if you're anything like me, folks... You'd be going on Instagram and it would probably target you right now because your phone is probably hearing me saying this right now and your phone is going to show you that ad. And you won't be sorry because it looks very good, I think. Um, so Instagram, I find this, I, I actually find the stories more interesting than the feed. Yeah, but people are so, people overthink what they post on their feed. Well, yeah. and I, I wonder what are the statistics to suggest that there are less feed, less feed posts now and more stories. Well, I think it's that because it was a whole host of changes to the Instagram algorithm where they ditched videos and transformed things into reels and people therefore thought that they had to do like Hollywood style productions or an outfit of the day type reel to get any type of traction. Oh yeah. But that's again part of my argument for a Bebo style thing where it doesn't matter what interaction you get you're just posting to people that you know and you care well, about. Th- yeah, so yeah, that's all I'd ever be thinking about whenever I'm posting Instagram is just like, well, these this post is of some interest to like five people who follow me. Which is sufficient. Probably. Exactly. And that's, yeah, that is absolutely sufficient. That is enough. Um, what do you think the future of all the main social media platforms that we live with now will be? So for example, by 2030, yeah. will Twitter slash X still be there? Will Instagram still be prominent? Will TikTok be number one? I think it's impossible to say purely because, and this is a dull answer, right? What, you know, you should expect from me. But I think the whole AI uh, 
regulation or disruption is going to transform social media and it's going to cause a hell of a lot of chaos. I was on Newstalk Breakfast on Monday with Shane and Jono and I said that as we get closer to the next presidential election, the regulation of AI is going to be everything because it could be the death knell for certain platforms. Like Facebook went through the ringer between the Cambridge Analytica stuff and the political interference in 2016 and the last one as well. And so I think if some form of manners isn't put on things like AI and deep fakes and all that kind of jazz, it, it could honestly be the end of some of these platforms. But if the demand is there from the public, it'll continue. But you see, the the demand could be there, but if trust and confidence isn't there, then like I I inter I used to be on Twitter slash X all the time, mm. but I don't trust or don't like ninety six percent of what I see on the platform. I, I appreciate that, but you'll you'll still use it, and that four percent is enough, isn't it? If you multiply that by the world, potentially. But I do think you know. I don't know. I just think that the next two years is going to be really, really telling for a whole host of platforms. There's also all the antitrust hearings, which we'll be talking about later on in the show as well, that may break up some of these companies because they are incredibly powerful Mm. and they have huge sway. And um, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Like Elon Musk making changes on X at the drop of a hat on a whim is not ideal. So maybe this is for another day. It almost certainly is. But what was... Can I just ask you from your own like standpoint, what was Elon Musk's thinking behind buying Twitter slash X? Because he wants to build... He's been talking for years and years and years and actually there's an excellent piece in The New Yorker by Ronan Farrow which you should read. Um, it's all about Elon Musk. And it looks back to years and years and years ago. He was all about building the everything app. So he wants everything to be, have X in the name. And bit by bit, he has taken over or um, established different companies to try and fulfill this vision. And the the thinking behind Twitter was that it's essentially the t- the online town hall, and he wanted to be the mayor. Um, now, it's obviously been a very turbulent. It's only a year since he's taken over. You know, all, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's going to come to pass in terms of his vision. I, I like I, I genuinely don't know. It's 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 very hard to tell whether he'll pull it off. There are people who think he's a genius and yeah. there's no denying that he's a smart man. But in terms of the impact on society and, you know, human well-being and like last week we were talking about the Cyber Safe Kids report on cyberbullying and all the rest. Like that was obviously focused on kids, but so much of that goes on on ex-adult to adult. Yeah. And Musk has gotten rid of a lot of the protections that were in place yeah. and the moderators and all He's that. He's all for free speech, isn't he, as he would call it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I'm going to restrain myself from going into yet another Elon Musk rant because I feel as though that's all I do these days. But um, yeah, Bebo's great. Should it be brought back? Was that the golden age of social media? You can email me techtalk at newstalk.com. Colin Boog, thank you so much. Thanks, Jess. I just never tire of listening to it, I have to say. Uh, if you want to be in with a chance to win a 55-inch N19 TV from Telefunken, just tell me what TV show this epic theme tune is from. Text the word TV plus your name and answer to 53106 at a cost of 30 cent, and it could be yours. You can get more information on the TV on telefunkenelectronics.ie.
Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. In a few minutes' time, John Fardy will be here with Screen Time. And John, you've got, like, you always have a stellar lineup. But this week's one is particularly juicy. It's particularly good, if I may say so myself. Patrick Keelty, the man who was on The Late Late Show last night, is in a new movie opposite Shauna Kerr's like great Irish actress called Bailey Walter or, or Bally Walter, all about two lost souls in Northern Ireland, one of whom's working driving a taxi, the other one's going to a comedy club. He's very good at it, as is she. So I talked to him about that and a bit about The Late Late Show as well. And I have Agatha Christie's great-grandson, because there's a new movie I call A Haunting in Venice and he was a really interesting guy. And it's a bumper week because Tim Gray, up until a week ago, was the awards editor for Variety, mm-hmm. this Bible of Hollywood. And he's leaving after 42 years wow. to a new job. And he has a lot of great stories, like Kevin Spacey being the rudest man he ever met and stuff like that. So it's a particularly good show this Who's week. Who's the rudest man you ever met, John? Let's name names. That I, that I ever interviewed. <laughs> God, that's a good one. Oh, I, I need some time to think about that. I wasn't expecting you to answer. Disapp- no, I gladly tell you. I've been disappointed <laughs> by some people. Do you know what happens more though? People you're f- slightly intimidated by yeah. turn out to be absolutely lovely. I remember thinking yeah. Amy Adams might be a bit, but she was, and I don't know why, but just, you know, she's so big, but she was delightful. Uh, Will Ferrell was such a, I'll tell you who's the nicest person I was surprised by. Ricky Gervais. Because he oh, has this, he, yeah. he has this, you know, you listen to his stand-up and he seems to hate the world yeah. and, and the way he roasts celebrities, but he's so lovely to deal with. I'd love to meet him. Yeah. But it's funny, I, um, like before I was doing the job I'm doing now, I worked uh, in research, as you know, on mm-hmm. a number of different shows. And it's funny that the people who you think will be the rudest or the nastiest end up being the loveliest. Yeah. And the people who, and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone and I'm not going to name yeah. names, but the people who are maybe on the first rung of the ladder are sometimes a little bit notionsy about themselves and don't yeah, behave yeah, the best. Yeah, that's true. I, I would agree with you that the people still, the, the people who aren't massive stars have more propensity to be jackasses than the people who are like massive you, stars. like you, do you know what I mean? Like I'm Pat not, Kenny's a lovely man, John Fardy, dot, dot, I'm dot. Sure, I'm not sure how many times I'm being insulted. <laughs> but I tell you one other one on that that reminds me because I also researched and I worked gladly as you did for years with Tom Dunn love Tom Dunn and I remember ringing Noel Gallagher and they just gave us his phone number oh wow and Tom was kind of like ring him and see if he's on the way and blah blah and he was so nice and he was like who am I talking to Tommy Dunn lovely that's not a great accent but you know what I mean he was lovely right, lads come on met him this was just a phone call but he was even so nice on that phone call yeah Oh, I'm jealous of that. Yeah, no, exactly. So you should be. Yeah, no, I actually yeah. am. Um, the Patrick Keelty movie. I used to love watching Patrick Keelty on TV back in yeah. the day. And I'm delighted that he's taken the late, late gig mm-hmm. and send him all of our best, which yes. I'm sure he appreciates. Uh, in terms of the acting side of things, has he done much acting before? No, this is his first dramatic role and he's very good in it as well. And just on that, again, a lovely guy. Just the one time I met him in a hotel yeah. a few days ago in Dublin. Absolutely lovely. And just sometimes body language, people standing up to shake your hand, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of, I think there's a greater awareness about that. You need to be nicer to people. And he's he's always been very nice to people, though, it seems, you know. Okay, well, send in the people that you hate and the people that you love in your life. <laughs> Tech Talk at Newstalk.com. Uh, John will be here after six. John, thanks very much. Thank you. Kira Tracy is back. Hello. With me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so we jokingly on the spot... Uh, came up with the idea of doing a book club on the show a few weeks ago. Yes. 
And frighteningly, it got it, it just grew legs. All of a sudden, people were emailing us saying that they wanted to take part. A number of people around the office have said they want to take part. Yeah. And now I feel morally obligated you to are, fulfill you it. You have to. Rude not to. All my Christmases have come early, by the way. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm doing this for you <laughs> more than anyone else. And I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. No, you're adorable with your little, um, like your little book posts that you're doing. And oh, God. I know. I really, like, want it to be my life. So this is kind of one way that can happen. See, this you is made what it happens. Happen. <laughs> Just work in a radio station and then you can influence the content to do a book club and it becomes part of your job and everything Forcing it down great. people's throats. Exactly. It's what the nation wants. 100%. Um, so I tasked you with coming up with a suggestion for our first book selection. And the conversation that we had a few weeks ago was around, uh, like you, you kind of like the more sci-fi books. Massive nerd for it, yeah. And they're the kind of books that I wouldn't typically pick up. Which is crazy considering your background in tech. But I know. Uh, so that's why I let you decide what book uh, we are going to do. So for those of you who've emailed techtalk at newstalk.com saying that you want to take part in the book club, you will get an email from me in the next day or so. Uh, if, if there's still time to join up, if you want to, there's no problem at all. Just email techtalk at newstalk.com with book club in the title. But uh, if I had planned this properly, I'd gotten a sound effect of a drum roll. <laughs> but instead, I'm just going to say, go on, tell us yeah. what the book is. So it's an honour, by the way, for letting me pick the first one. Thanks. It's not that I don't have too much time. Like I've got one. way too much time yeah. on my hands. So I have picked Foe by Ian Reid. If, um, if it sounds familiar to anyone, it's because Sasha Ronan and Paul Maskell are currently filming the film version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by Ian Reid. This is not Ian Reid's first book turned film. He also wrote I'm Thinking of Ending Things, uh, which is quite popular. It's quite eerie. Okay. He works well with the eeries. So this is a sci-fi book and it looks at AI clones. It's all about a couple who live on a remote farmland in the future mm-hmm. near future and a stranger knocks at their door and their whole life changes okay so i haven't read anything about this i popped it into google and it's f-o-e by ian reed and it's ian with an an extra i so yeah. i-a-i-n if you yeah. want to um get your paws on it and read along with us please do uh the thing that popped up the little line when i first googled it is uh it said like it's it's a book version of black mirror yeah, actually, because it's interesting. When you first read about it, it was very much like the Aaron Paul episode yes. of the latest. But actually, because people were like, oh, it's just ripping off Black Mirror. But actually, the book came out in 2018. And it's not actually like that episode of Black Mirror. People have seen it. Um, it's brilliant. I've actually recently got uh, one of the girls in the newsroom reading it as well. And she came over to me and she was like, right, this is where I'm at. Oh, my God, I'm loving it. And I'm actually really intrigued to see because it's really well written mm-hmm. and the way it's written is relevant to the story and I'm really intrigued to see how they kind of translate that into the film okay don't say any more no more if you want to read <laughs> along with us and please do because I think it'll be a bit of fun what we're going to do is we're going to give people three weeks and on the program on the 7th of October uh, Kira will be back with our good pal Cameron Hill and yep. we are going to review it uh, but we also want to hear from you so if you read the book between now and uh, the week commencing October 2nd and send in your thoughts. Ideally, a voice note would be fantastic if you record a little voice note and send it to techtalk at newstalk.com. We will loop you in. We may even do a sneaky little Zoom call where we can 
have a chat like an old school book club. That'd be nice. Uh, but we would love to know what your what your thoughts are. If you've already read it as well, you can still get involved. Uh, but the pressure is on. If you don't like the book, you can let Kira know. I'll uh, post her Twitter handle later on. You can all go after. Yell at me. Yeah, please. So it sounds like Tea and Biscuits is next on this agenda. Stop promising things. <laughs> but it's working. <laughs> okay. Okay. If you want tea and biscuits as well, also email Kira. Yeah. Um, but yes, we are going to do this. You've got three weeks to read the book, Foe by Ian Reid. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have a bit of crack. Kira, thank you so much. Thank you. And that's it from me this week. If you missed any of the show, you can listen back in full on the News Talk app powered by Go Loud. I'll be back with Shane and Kira on Monday's News Talk Breakfast. But in the meantime, have a great weekend.